When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Second hour of Clay and Buck. That's going right now, everybody. Thanks for being with us. Going to take our attention over to NYC. Say hi to all of our WOR family in the uh, greater New York area and take a, a look at what's happening in America's largest city here for a second. You know, yesterday we talked about California, which is obviously a state, not a city, but California as a state is running a $26 billion deficit right now, which... I don't know. It seems like a lot of money to me for a state to be $26 billion in the hole. Uh, New York City alone is facing a deficit this coming year of about $4 billion. Just the city, $4 billion, according to the uh, the comptroller. So it turns out people leaving a place, and especially those who, who tends to be the most mobile, most easily mobile, those with disposable income and those who are high high earners, right? Those are people that can say, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to go somewhere else. This has been a major challenge for both New York and California. And I don't see it turning around anytime soon. And perhaps you could say California as a state is suffering from this more. New York as a city, I think, is suffering from this more. People aren't saying, I've had enough of, of uh, Saratoga or Buffalo or the Hudson Valley. But they are saying New York, New York City, because there's an additional, I think it's an additional 3% clay you pay to be in New York City. I got to go yeah. back and check. Um, that they've just, they, people are saying enough is enough, right? So who is supposed to fix all of this? Eric Adams. He comes in as the mayor and his first job is supposed to be dealing with crime year over year, crime down a little bit, but it hasn't been some miracle turnaround story and as as we've described here on the show 
there's a rot within the actual system now because of decisions made by the de Blasio administration. A lot of people in the district attorney's office, a lot of the regulations, rules, and approach that the NYPD has to deal with, all these things mean that, and just also the the culture of allowing criminality, that has made things worse. It has not really improved the way that we would have hoped even a year in. Okay. But the bigger challenge that Eric Adams, I think, didn't see coming was this migrant flow. And here he is. Now, remember, the the lib media, they're not going to challenge Eric Adams in in any aggressive way for a number of reasons. Um, I think they're increasingly warming up to him on a national level. Democrats are thinking of him more as a national figure. Mayor of New York is often thought of as the only mayor. Well, if you're the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, Clay, you're obviously <laughs> ready for cabinet, right? I mean, if you're, you know, if you're, you're ready for president. South- if you can run South Bend, you're yeah. ready to be the president of the United States, man. I mean, no offense to South Bend. I'm sure it's a lovely town, you know, Notre Dame and all that. But, you know, I don't think it's necessarily the job you have before you're you're in the White House. Mayor of New York City, obviously different category. But this migrant issue for New York has really created a a dissonance, uh, a friction in the Democrat narrative, because as we all know, there is this belief that the more the merrier when it comes to illegal migrants. New York has always been Statue of Liberty, you know, legal migrants coming in. By the way, people forget there were migrants who were turned away at Ellis Island. Not everybody, even people who were trying to come through the legal process were sometimes uh, for reasons of, of health or there was you know issue with the documents, whatever. And also in the big waves of migration in this country, there were pretty considerable percentages of the population who actually went back home to Italy or to Ireland or whatever the case may be, because uh, there was no welfare state here. So you either made it or you didn't. And if you spend any time, have you ever been to the uh, the Tenement Museum, Clay? It's on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. No, I've been to Ellis Island, which is a cool uh, yeah. opportunity to go through. But no, I've never been to the Tenement Museum. Tenement Museum, a little more uh, bleak than, you know, Ellis Island Yes, is, I would imagine. Come here. We love you. All the immigrants, you know, that for immigrants, uh, you know, America, shining city on a hill. The Tenement Museum is, this is what it was like in the early 1900s being in America's largest city. And, I mean, you had eight people to a room. You had basically no light. You had very unsanitary conditions. You would have cholera outbreaks that would kill thousands, and they would stack them. They would stack bodies outside these very cramped quarters housing that still, this museum is obviously one of these old tenement buildings. Uh, they would stack the bodies out when there had, when there were cholera or typhus outbreaks. So it was rough. Uh, it was not, not a Didn't good. Did you say that you had never been to the Statue of Liberty? I cannot tell a lie. I haven't been to the Statue of Liberty. That is a true. That thing. is still. I'm just thinking about it because of the Ellis Island discussion. You've been to the Tenement Museum, but you haven't been to the Statue of Liberty. That is a. Uh, that is probably I mean, I not an overlap that happens. I see it. It's amazing. It's majestic. You know, I've seen it. I don't know. I gotta go. I probably should go. But I've also seen the Will Smith movie where he takes a date to Ellis Island. You remember that Hitch? You see this? Oh, I did see that movie. Yeah. And I've seen, look, I'm sure you've seen Ghostbusters when, spoiler alert, got to be careful out there, never know when people haven't seen it, when the Statue of Liberty actually comes walking through uh, through uh, town, right? That's um, Ghostbusters 2 with the pink Ghostbusters slime. Ghostbusters 2. 
Yeah. That's right. Oh, Which is I, very underrated film, the Ghostbusters 2. Everybody likes Ghostbusters 1. Ghostbusters 2 is also good. That painting was really scary with Vigo. I, Vigo. Some of you will remember. Yes. Yeah. It was a scary painting. Scary paintings can mess you up. I'll tell you, my grandparents had a, had a frowny clown. I'm not kidding. A frowning clown painting that was terrifying. <laughs> Terrifying. Why did they have a frowning clown painting in the who bought it? And it was like it like came through family. It was the great grandparents or the great great grandparents, but don't worry, we we gave that one away at we're, auction. We're buying uh, artwork. Laura's got a little bit of, I would say, a uh uh morose uh opinion of what like art should be. And like we were standing in front of a painting recently, I, was, I, I don't want to see that on the wall. You know, like it, where you walk in, you're like, life is miserable. You know, like why, why do, I, why even go on? Like I want some bright colors, some happiness, vibrancy. A frowning clown from the 19, early 1900s. That's like that's really pretty creepy. Yeah, I was always waiting for its little hand to just pop out of the painting with a knife. Anyway, uh, it yeah. was scary looking. So, so back to, uh, so at the Tenement Museum, immigrants, very different situation than, uh, than what we have, uh, well, and remember that, that was coming through the legal process. Now we're talking about illegal immigrants. And here's what Eric Adams says about not just New York City, but all the big Democrat controlled cities. Play clip one. I believe that when I took the trip to the El Paso, you could see firsthand the impact of how it not only harmed the foundation of El Paso, but look at Chicago, Houston, Washington, New York City. This is just unfair for cities to carry the weight of a national problem. We're going to open four more hotels, emergency hotels. We have to open Herc's. Uh, this is a major financial impact on New York City and cities across this country that are receiving a brunt of it. So so I, I want everyone to really listen to what he's saying there, because, Clay, this is important. The story from Democrats for, uh, honestly, my entire adult life, uh, certainly through all the Obama administration and all the years of Trump and kids in cages and all the stuff they talked about was illegal immigrants. They just show up and do all the work that we won't do, and they add to the economy, and there's no downside at all. Just economically, never mind any social cohesion assimilation issues, there's no economic downside to it. So shut up, stop being a bigot, and the more illegal immigrants, the better. That was the storyline. Well, now we've had two point, I'm estimating 2.5 million with the Gataways. It's over 2 million. I think 2.5 is a pretty good guess for Biden's time in office. Mayor of New York is saying, we can't afford this hundreds of millions of dollars somehow going toward dealing with these migrants why do you need hundreds of millions of dollars going toward more money is going toward illegal immigrants in new york city than housing insecure meaning homeless new yorkers it's i think you hit on something and the more i think about it the more brilliant i think it is if you are i always think you have to step out of your own mind and pretend that you are eric adams or his advisors that trip to El Paso was a clear sign and a shot across the bow. These statements that he is making now that I think he's going to challenge Joe Biden. And if you are Eric Adams, you are not the favored, fair-haired child of the Democrat Party where they're like, hey, just wait till 2028. You're not Gavin Newsom. You aren't Kamala Harris. You aren't Mayor Pete. You are outside of the cool kid club. The DNC ain't rigging anything for you. And, Buck, what did we talk about in the first hour? That Biden had is attempting to reconfigure the organization 
uh, uh, the order of the Democrat primaries. Imagine this. What if Eric Adams were the only person to challenge Joe Biden? And they are constantly campaigning in South Carolina, which is a majority black electorate. How do you think he might do? Because I think he connects in his 50s. He sounds and thinks, I think, like a lot of South Carolina black Democrat voters would sound and think like. We know Joe Biden has no political antenna anymore. James Clyburn obviously is a black, very powerful politician in South Carolina who basically said, Joe Biden's my guy. But who do you think would connect better on the campaign trail in South Carolina as at the opening primary if it's Eric Adams and Joe Biden on a stage competing against each other? And Eric Adams can actually speak, I think, on in a way that would connect better with those South Carolina voters than Joe Biden could. And I wonder whether in trying to rig the game for himself, the Biden people have not really thought about Eric Adams as a legitimate someone who could start to get a little bit of sizzle down there in South Carolina. Right. So you have you have the the illegal immigration angle of this, which I think the Democrats realize the more people figure out what's going on here and that if 40,000 migrants is putting a massive financial strain on New York City, what are 2.5 million illegal migrants doing to, uh, across the U.S. then? Mostly going to New York, Los Angeles, uh, you know, maybe Chicago. I mean, you look at the major cities, um, Houston. What is that doing to their budgets? That's one big piece of of this story. So, I mean, I basically think Eric Adams is becoming a national political figure certainly in terms of the conversation that's why the trip to the border was so meaningful and then to your point about the changing of assuming they actually do change the democrat primary how does how does it look for joe biden if you have eric adams decide that he is going to run against him uh what you had carter come pretty uh, kennedy come pretty close to carter back in 1980 ford um ran again right they're talking about incumbent presidents who had to face yes. the challenge so you had Carter and Kennedy, and that was pretty tight. Ford and Reagan in 76, that was pretty tight. Um, no one's ever done it in modern times, but it's doable. 92, you had George Bush getting challenged by Pat Buchanan, and Buchanan actually rattled his cage a little right, bit, right, if you I'm remember saying, back in the day. hasn't. No one's won in the modern era against the incumbent oh, yes, president, right. is what I mean. No one's done that. Obviously, Carter, Kennedy, Ford, Reagan, and as you said, Buchanan. Yeah, that's right. Buchanan and... Uh, it's interesting. I feel like w- with the passage of time, the respect that Pat Buchanan has among the conservative intelligentsia only only grows. That's that's my perception of it. The he more, hit on with a every lot passing of very year, Trumpian like, issues. Yeah, he was a smart he was a smart guy. You know, he was an MSNBC analyst for a long time. Well, they used to actually pretend that they were going to cover the real news as opposed to becoming a propaganda network. And uh, when we come back, I mean, just think about that. I want everybody out there. Joe Biden on the stage against Eric Adams in that South Carolina primary in the debating, assuming that he was willing to debate, I think Eric Adams could fillet him because I think Biden's going to be a disaster at 82 years old debating against anybody. But 30 years younger, black who's going to connect better with that electorate it would actually be a really interesting significant i think challenge to biden's campaign 
maybe even more so than if they started in Iowa and New Hampshire. Just worth thinking about what the implications might be there. In the meantime, IRS, you know they're benefiting small business owners with a refund of your taxes? If your business has five or more employees and you made it through COVID, you could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. Not a loan, no payback, just a refund of your taxes. How do you get your business this refund money? It's simple. Go to GetRefunds.com. Their tax attorneys are specialists in a little-known payroll tax refund program. They do all the work, no charges up front, just share a percentage of the cash they get back with you. Businesses of all types can qualify, including those who took PPP, nonprofits, even those that had increases in sales. Do you know the team at GetRefunds.com has already returned over a billion dollars to businesses? They can help you as well. Just go to GetRefunds.com. Click on Qualify Me, answer a few questions, payroll tax refund, only available for a limited amount of time. Don't miss out. GetRefunds.com. No risk, high reward. GetRefunds.com. From the front lines of truth, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? 
HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then, HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and frauds to help you and your family save. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from selected past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look, and HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We are rolling through Thursday edition of the program out here in Las Vegas. Buck, still down in Miami, where I'm sure the weather is absolutely fabulous, as always. Um, breaking news story that's out there uh, from CNN. The National Archives has asked former presidents and vice presidents to check and see if they have classified and presidential documents. Uh, And uh, here's the opening paragraph of that story. National Archives formally asking presidents and vice presidents to recheck their personal records for any classified docs or other presidential records. Uh, And uh, they have sent a letter to all of the last six presidential administrations. Um, I feel like it's almost a certainty, Buck, based on what we've seen from Trump, Biden, and certainly Vice President Pence, that Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, come on, uh, George W. Bush, I, I would be very surprised if every one of these presidents, based on what's going on right now, doesn't have in their possession something improper, classified, presidential, or vice presidential in nature. Can we just also say for a moment, Clay, that the... The whole, oh, but what Biden did versus what Trump did that we initially heard. The Trump things were when he was president and when he left. I do look, if you find that Barack Obama took things that went to the Obama presidential library and there's some dispute, that's an affirmative decision that is made by a president to take documents that they actually had full control of, including declassification authority. It's a different category of thing. Joe Biden as a senator or vice president just leaving stuff around his homes. This would be like if, you know, and it's not even as bad because Trump was president and Biden at the time of these document issues was not. But this would be like, you know, imagine if you were just finding classified like under the golf carts at Mar-a-Lago, you know, hey, there it is, you know, next to the Corvette. And this makes you realize, I think, for Biden, this was a habit. This wasn't a thing that happened one time at the end of time in office. He would just take classified out of skiffs. Go read it wherever he wanted, and perhaps even worse than just read it, maybe even gave it to, for example, Hunter Biden. But yeah, I think that if they really did a scrub, a lot of these, oh, oh, Hillary Clinton, she was really careful with classified, I'm sure. You know, go to one of her beach houses and see what turns up. Well, I think it just continues to point out how quickly this entire story has collapsed all around Trump. And if Obama comes out to have classified documents you think this story is lasting at all um and trump said he did i think he probably did uh i think every president and vice president it feels like did at this point 
My friends, online identity is something you got to take very seriously. And if you've ever been the victim of someone stealing your identity online and buying things while pretending to be you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Cyber hackers are really good at breaking into company databases and stealing account information. That's what they do. Cyber thieves then buy that stolen data on something called the dark web and make those purchases or open up accounts in your name. Either way, turns out badly for you. You need protection from this. Online identity theft protection. One company does it better than all the others. LifeLock. Their systems are so advanced they can monitor billions of transactions and see patterns to help protect you online. Now look, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. I have had LifeLock for years. I've had to use them, and they protect me every day. Join now. Save up a 25% off your first year with promo code BUCK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com. Use my name, Buck, as a promo code for 25% off. That's LifeLock.com, promo code Buck. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. Um, you would think that when it comes to a uh, federal judge, knowledge of the Constitution, knowledge of the Constitution would be an important... Okay, we actually... We're going to hold off on this for a second until we get the cut, Clay, because I, I, we have to hear the audio of it. But I, I'll, I'll tee up the story here for a second um, of of what happened with Senator Kennedy at a judiciary hearing, a Senate judiciary hearing, a Biden judicial nominee was this is the main story up on Fox right now, uh, their, their headlining story. Unable to answer very basic questions about the United States Constitution. Now, I, I won't say what the questions are because we're at a point now where I want everyone to hear it. We said we we're going to play. We're going to hear it. But I will say this. The general competency of the bureaucracy is something that I think more and more Americans are doubting and doubting with really good reason. The federal bureaucrats increasingly show themselves to be highly partisan and highly incompetent. And this has been true with the CDC and Fauci. And I know Fauci's, you know, it's always so interesting, isn't it? Fauci's kind of speaks for the CDC, or at least he did before he retired, but he's really at NIAD, which he ran, which is a sub heading of the NIH, right, which is the National Institute of, uh, what? Uh, well, no, he was at National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, and then there's National Institutes of Health, NIH, which he was, part, point being, a total disaster. The FBI, how many times we come in here and had to talk about the mess that the FBI has made of, of elections and, and of our politics, and I think increasingly what we have is a situation where people should should start to doubt the competency of the bureaucracy. And that actually has really negative ramifications for the country going forward. When when federal agencies that have a specific mandate can't be trusted to be apolitical and can't be trusted to be capable, why should we have them effectively operating as the fourth branch of government and governing so much of our lives? Yeah, and when we play this audio, and I haven't even heard the audio, we were talking about it off air so I've been an attorney now for 18 years. Uh, I passed the bar when I was 25 years old, um, U.S. Virgin Islands and uh, the state of Tennessee. So I'm licensed in two different places. I took two different bar exams back-to-back -back years. And I'm sure there are a lot of attorneys out there listening right now who are going to uh, nod their heads along here. I would totally fail the bar exam if I took it right now. 
because you have to memorize so many details that I have not applied for almost two two uh, two decades now. So a lot of nuances, a lot of technicalities. But if I were suddenly, and they would never nominate me and I wouldn't want to do it, but if I were suddenly nominated to be a federal district court judge, Buck, I would for months absolutely surround myself with every aspect of the law and the job that a judge would undertake so that when I was testifying in front of Congress, I was the best prepared that I could possibly be because I wouldn't want to be humiliated by getting asked a question that I hadn't prepared myself for. To kind of contextualize this for everybody out there about what we're so, going to hear here momentarily. So here, just just by way of a little bit of backstory, uh, back in 2019, the Spokesman Review out in uh, Spokane, Washington, had this headline. Governor Inslee appoints first female African-American judge in eastern Washington to Spokane County Superior Court. So uh this judge um Belkengren um I don't judge Charnel Belkengren was the first African American female judge appointed to the Spokane County Superior Court. The Biden administration has now decided that she should be in the Eastern District Federal Court uh of Washington. And here is just a clip that is now going viral of what happened when a Senate judiciary hearing with uh, Senator Kennedy here, what happens when he asks a question? Well, I'll let you listen to the questions. Play. Tell me what Article 5 of the Constitution does. Article 5 is not coming to mind at the moment. Okay. How about Article 2? Neither is Article 2. Okay. Do you know what purposivism is? Um, in my 12 years as an assistant attorney general huh? and my nine years serving as a judge, I was not faced with that precise question. We are the highest trial court in Washington state, so I'm frequently faced with issues that I'm not familiar with, and I thoroughly review the law, our research, and apply the law to the facts presented to me. Well, you're going to be faced with it as a, if you're confirmed. I can assure you of that. Can I, can I just say, Clay, uh, so people are obviously pointing out, they're saying, so there's been a lot of celebration about the elevation of this judge because this judge represents diversity to the left and they think we need more diversity particularly on the court got to have diversity all the time if you're a federal judge you have to know what article two of the u.s constitution does i i i actually think you have to know what is in the constitution if your job is to look at the law which is set forth the foundation of it by the constitution i think that's acceptable it's it's a form of uh, questioning that is akin to what would happen on a bar exam, which is why I was using the bar exam as an example. A lot of lawyers are not experts in every aspect of the law. But if you are going to testify in front of Congress, you should have prepared for months for every possible question you could be asked. And the fact that you have to say, like, I'm not prepared, like, I, I haven't looked that up. Like, you should never have a question yeah, that you are unprepared for in front of the, the I think Congress. It, so, the, so the third question I would say that would be, because no, no one would know what that is who's not working the law, to be fair, right? But, I mean, Clay, if, if someone asked a federal judge, what, is, what do you think about the Second Amendment? Or, yeah. or someone soon to be a federal judge. This is that level. And they said, I don't know what is what the Second Amendment is. So I think when you're talking about, like, you need to prepare for the bar exam, 
Clay, she doesn't know it's in Article 2 of the Constitution. Yeah, right. But what I'm saying is, even the fact that she doesn't know it, when she is going to testify in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee about deserving this job is indefensible because you should, before you go on, like when you are nominated for the Supreme Court, Buck, they will spend weeks, months grilling you. They give you tons of documents to read so that you are prepared for that filleting, for lack of a better way, because they're trying to catch you. They're going to go over everything you've ever written before. This is very basic stuff. The fact that she is unprepared means that she didn't do the most rudimentary level of homework to prepare for this hearing, which is, to me, indefensible because you're basically auditioning for a job. Right, but I mean, you also, I would think that if you're going to be a judge, period, you you know, you shouldn't have to really just brush up on what the basics are of the Constitution, right? I get get it, but I'm saying even if you are not expected to get asked about this, right? You should have prepared to such an extent that you can handle any question they answer and absolutely knock it out of the park. I am, in addition to the fact that she may not have this working knowledge, I'm troubled that she didn't do the basic amount of homework to even be able to have that conversation. It's like going in for a job interview. I'm troubled. I want to know how much homework she has ever done with regard to to the law, history, uh, America. Very fair question. Yeah. But have you ever done? You've probably done. I've interviewed people before for jobs, um, as a as a business owner, and they have not done the most basic level of research on what we do, what their job opportunity would be, and I just immediately x them out. Right? Like if you weren't willing to spend a little bit of time researching me or the company that you are interviewing for then why in the world would I hire you and expect that you're going to work hard and be a good employee once you're actually here? This is like a failed job interview to me. Like, you should just get a big X across your uh, but, but your application. She's going to get this. confirmed. She's going to get confirmed, Probably. by the way. Of course, because she's obviously such a constitutional scholar, she will be confirmed to the federal court. Good stuff. Because we have reached a world where your actual knowledge and your actual skill does not matter what matters is whether you have the right identity politically, and that is why I think the Democrat Party has gone completely off the rails. Uh, I got to tell you, we got a really great deal for you right now in the My Pillow Giza Dream Sheets. I'm on the road right now, staying at a hotel last night, and you know what? I got in the sheets. Nowhere near as good as the Giza Dream Sheets. I missed them. Uh, especially when you consider these sheets start under $30 right now. You need to use our promo code. These Giza Dream Sheets made from a unique type of cotton, unique to my pillow, grown in the Egypt in the same region as the sheets, Giza, and you are going to love them. My pillow products come with a 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. You can go to mypillow.com, click on radio listener specials to check out the flash sale on the Giza Dream Sheets. Remember to use code Clay and Buck if you want to call. They've also got a number you can call them 800-792-3269. Again, Clay and Buck is the code. Go to MyPillow.com and get yourself hooked up under $30 with the Giza Dream Sheets. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck, a new podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and frauds to help you and your family save. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from selected past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look, and HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Pure Talk, the cell phone company we both rely on, is further investing in their customers without charging an extra penny. Pure Talk is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in more than 50 countries, too. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. You keep your phone number and your phone unless you want to get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Up to you. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show, closing up. Second hour of the program here. Encourage you to go subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you don't miss a moment. Lots of cool stuff. Podcast unique that is going up there from both Buck and myself. You can search out my name, Clay Travis. You can search out Buck Sexton. One bit of news we haven't hit on yet. Uh, They have announced, Buck, that they are going to release the Paul Pelosi video uh, from the police officers as they were entering his residence of course this is the hammer attack and there's been a lot of discussion about what exactly took place there did paul pelosi open the door did he walk back to this individual and get attacked i think they at nbc if i remember correctly buck they suspended a reporter 
who had suggested that Paul Pelosi open the door and then walked back into the vicinity of this guy before the attack happened. One thing we know for sure, Buck, is that the officers witnessed the assault. So this will, I think, there was so much discussion and uncertainty about exactly what happened. Releasing the police body cam video should essentially eliminate any of the uh, conspiracy theories or any of the discussion about exactly what went on. Because if he did truly open the door for police officers and then turn around and walk back to this individual and get assaulted, it's super odd behavior in that respect, at a minimum. Yes, and, and yet we both know that, let's just say that person who was uh, suspended um let's just say that the video we don't know we'll see we are going to find out now and it's interesting that they tried to keep it secret they didn't want this to get out and a judge is putting this out um and it is in part there has been a push by uh different media organizations cnn and fox both on the same side of this one deciding that they want of course they want the public to have this and Note that body cam footage in general should be a question or, or matter of, yes. of public record, right? I mean, there's what would be the reason for not showing this? I think it's interesting that there was any push. So that's why people's antennae uh, or antennae, whatever, however you do it, um, are. I see the grammarians have they throw me off my game. Somebody's man. fired up already. They're, like, They're oh, letting you have boy. it over this one. You took Latin in grammar school. You don't remember any of it. True, I took Latin in grammar school. I don't remember very much, um, but. I will tell you, uh, if, if that person who got suspended finds out that what he reported was true, do you think that there'll be any real apology to no, know? Because the, the whole game is, not. you know, your job, your job is to help Nancy Pelosi as a journalist. That is what was it? CBS, ABC, same thing at both places. That is what your job is. Your job is not to tell the public facts. This is something I think everyone needs to always remember that we have, we have long been in this era. Where the under the universal understanding at CNN, MSNBC, uh, ABC, CBS News, NBC News is your job is to help Democrats. Yes, tell people things that are happening so they will watch us, but make sure that you always frame it in a way and that you edit and that you limit and that you change the narrative to help Democrats. That's it. Perfect example of that. Remember, and I don't remember her name, but the reporter who interviewed John Fetterman before the election, before that disastrous performance in the debate, and had a conversation about how he was incapable of following her questions or interacting with her. Everybody attacked her in the wake of the debate where it became clear that she had said everything 100% accurately. Nobody apologized. In fact, they continued to attack her for sharing her opinion that he was not able to communicate on a high level. Brian in Summerfield, North Carolina, Buck, has a really good question that I think probably a lot of you out there listening over the last couple of weeks as this story has continued to grow surrounding classified documents. Brian, what's your question? Yeah, hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, this is kind of directed at Buck, and the question is, is very simple. Um, and let me just preface this with this. I work in a warehousing company. So I'm assuming as a regular citizen that the National Archives, since they're responsible for classified documents, top secret documents, whatever classification you want to give it, why is it that they are in a position where they are asking former representatives of the people, presidents, vice presidents, senators, what have you, hey, guys, 
can you do us a favor and go look through your house, go look through your offices, and see if you have any documents that maybe should be back here at the National Archives? Why is the question not the other way around? What do you Why mean? Why doesn't the National Archives know which documents are not at the National Archives? Oh, uh, okay. And, uh, who, and this who is a question I think a lot of people have, Buck. So, I mean, the the answer is there is so much more classified out there than what the National Archives understand this. And maybe a way to bring this bring this up would be, remember when James Comey went in and there was that whole brouhaha, that whole fiasco over Comey meeting with Trump and then Comey gave the notes to somebody who then gave the notes to the New York Times to try to try to hit Trump. Point here being that document ended up being classified. Comey says it wasn't classified at the time, so he, you know, he's doing his Sancta Comey thing and playing in the gray area. But the point is, there's documents that there are lots of things that are classified. The National National Archives has basically no idea about, and there's far more paper flying around with classified on it than the National Archives would be able to track and be aware of in many lifetimes. I mean, this is the, Brian this is, is not possible. Her. Brian's asking a question that I think a lot of people have because he specifically said, I work in a warehouse. Where if you work in a warehouse, like let's say you're pulling things for Amazon, you know there's 20,000 things in inventory, and sooner or later if something's missing, you're aware. The answer is the archives has no idea. It's not like there's numbering 1 to 50,000. That's right. And they're like, oh, we're missing papers 48,231. They have no idea how many papers there actually are. Which is why, unless it's super historic worthy, like the Kim Jong-un letters, that's right. Uh, which is why my question is, did they recognize that Biden had something historic and they were asking for him, which started right. this entire search? I mean, if, if Biden, let's say Biden, I don't know, let's say he took home an interesting State Department cable that was classified about the politics of energy and natural gas in eastern Ukraine, maybe to help out Hunter. Nobody would have any idea that he had that paper. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. He served our nation for over seven years before he was severely injured during training. He was paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Tunnel to Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel of Towers helped severely injured service members and first responders, as well as Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders. It's already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel of Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel of Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams offering over 330 academic programs as of September 2023. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, govx.com is for you. 
You stepped up to serve our country and communities, and GovX delivers unbeatable deals that you've earned. GovX.com is the only site built exclusively to honor your service. Members save on epic brands and the gear they need for their on- and off-duty lives. You'll get incredible savings on tickets to live sports events, theme parks, and other entertainment. You can even save on travel, hotels, rental cars, cruises, and more. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com. It's easy and totally free. Use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. 